0: Welcome to the Construction Career Podcast with Cliff and Kent, where we explore different areas of the construction industry to shed light on what life is like in companies across the field to help you build your career to your own specification. This episode of the Construction Career Podcast is brought to you by Wilson & Hampton Painting Contractors. Wilson & Hampton has been the premier painting contractor in Southern California since 1923. From concurrent projects at LAX and the historical restoration of the Salk Institute, to decorative painting and gold leafing in LDS temples around the world. Whether working in the field or in-house refinishing shop, Wilson & Hampton can provide you with the quality and experience needed to make your next project a success. Welcome everybody to the Construction Career Podcast with Cliff and Kent. Today we've got as our guest, Jirlani Moore. Jirlani is currently the CEO and founder of Atlas Moore, but she also has a career that dates back through Hensel Phelps and then her time, I believe, at ASU. So we're going to talk with her. We want to welcome you on the show.
1: Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Oh,
0: well, good. We're glad. You know, we have a lot of fun. We hope everybody else has a lot of fun. Oh, with
1: Yeah, it too. this is exciting.
0: So, you know, we've talked about the premise of the show. The idea is what, would, what advice would you give yourself if you were still in school? But we do want to talk about your career because there's a, lot, a, ton, of, a ton of really good things that kids pick up as they see kind of how people went through the program yeah. and where that came from. Now, you're a native to L.A. and I am. Born
1: and raised in L.A. Grew up in the Carson Torrance area i had some time in la proper as well so
0: from there where did you go to school
1: i went to arizona state okay i'm sun devil (laughs) go devils yeah (laughs) what did you think about the program it's a really good program really good program so i started there in 1997 okay does that date me is that okay (laughs) that's fine with me so i started there in 1997 and it was for me going out going out of state for school, and then the new environment, and and then actually kind of getting into the construction program. I didn't initially start there. I started out computer science engineering, and by way of talking with a few counselors on campus, was introduced to this construction program. And as soon as I went over and, and met with a few of the folks and one of the professors that taught Construction 101, I was hooked. I was like, get me into this. <laughs> and, and it's been a wild ride ever since. I've, I've enjoyed... I enjoyed going through the curriculum at, at ASU and then where it's led me since in, in my career as well.
0: So, you know, we talked a little bit about before the show. You tried the computer science thing and just kind of wasn't feeling it as you got into it. And then you found the construction side of
1: things. Yeah, and I mean, kinda when reached you, out can, and you can mix the, con- the construction, the building, the practical building part, the engineering, that you, know, you have the problem solving, and then you also have the business component of it as well. It's all merged together. And for me, personally, I was excited about being outdoors, right? These construction pro- projects are dynamic. And so to be able to, to, to actually live and breathe something that's growing right in front of your eyes in terms of a building, that, that was exciting for me.
2: It's important because no matter where you are in an organizational chart in construction, you, go, you always have an excuse to go out and walk the job. Yeah, yeah. So you go out and see things. Yeah. Well, maybe not an estimator.
1: No? Well, I don't know. Those those estimators, they get out there quite a bit. Well, especially if it's (laughs) Especially now, yeah. Yeah, I think that was an
2: inside joke.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, one of the things, too, I'd I'd bring this up. Like, I'd read an article years ago. I think it was in Wired magazine. But at the time, I had a lot of friends that have gone into the computer science side of things, and they've done really well for themselves. Mm -hmm. And I kind of was at a point where I was either going to pursue computers, I had done IT for a while, or I was going to go into construction. And I read this article and it said you'll have people that work in the technology industry and they retire after 30 years and maybe the company they worked for, like, doesn't exist anymore. And so they don't have – I mean, they have a lot to show for it. They've had a great career. But there's just not something tangible that they can show for what they've done. Right. And they said with construction, I can still take my kids around Mesquite, Nevada and say, oh, you see that house? Yeah, we were part of building that house. or We painted that house. or We did the finishing in that house. And and there's something to that that people find fulfilling. You have this – Something that you can go back to, and you've made this difference.
1: I agree, especially when I started getting into projects that were education, for instance. Uh You could always go back to that school. Schools are always going to be around, right? So, you could see generations, and then even if you have like a family member or someone that you know that's now attending that school, you you could tell them stories. I built that, or I, (laughs) I know where this little special, you know, hidden area is, or whatnot. So, it's always those little things that uh, bring you closer to the projects and your community is a large As larger a part. Yeah. Well,
0: and that's, you know, that culture. I mean, you, maybe you're just a guy that goes in, you just want to build and you want to be out of there, but but you can find where you're tied to the, you know, the, mm-hmm. the community side of things and, and there's that aspect of building.
2: Well, buildings link the past, the present, and the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. The architect and cliff coming out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. It is true. So you went through the program at ASU. Yes. Great program. Did you I do? I'll m- shop them out. Okay. <laughs> well, good. And from there.
1: Dell Webb School of Construction. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Del, we don't even start on Dell Webb. But uh, yeah, it's a really good program. Yes. They've, they've had a lot of good people. They're one of the highest ranked, I think, in the yeah, nation.
1: Good growth over the years as well.
0: When you were in school, what were the things that tended to work for you? We had a lot of kids talk about, like, oh, an internship, you have to get an internship. You know, what would be some of your advice to the kids that are in school now?
1: Definitely any kind of exposure to the real world before you enter it the sneak peek, I like to call it, go for it. You know, if you have an opportunity, most of the time it might be mandated now, but back when I was going to school, I looked for those opportunities to get out there and work. And especially for an industry that's so dynamic, you kind of want to see different aspects of it because you might have a vision of one way when you're first starting out in school. I want to go the linear path. I maybe want a field engineer and, you know, project engineer or management and so forth. Then you actually get into the industry and realize there's other paths, especially today. You know, you can go the design path. There's design managers that are part of the construction industry. You can go safety, you know, you can go estimating. And there's different aspects of the construction industry. So to be able to be exposed to that early on is very key. So I always say, I'm a big advocate of get out there, get your name, your face out there in the industry before you graduate college and it'll just make your transition into the to the workplace a, a lot better
0: well and the more people you know right I mean, absolutely you've got a network that you're growing is well, i've been an intern here for a couple of years or a year met these people that i liked yeah you know where are you going to find that job when you have someone inside the company that can speak for you
1: yeah absolutely
2: i would guess that it's seldom that people wind up taking the path or the position that they anticipated when they were in school
1: mm-hmm. because
2: you dinner you mentioned oh do i want to do this or do i want to do this you do whatever you're told to do and then you find a path as you're doing what you're told to do and you excel at things right you find what you're weak at other people observe your strengths and your weaknesses and you you move that direction you don't sort of pick one out it's like oh i see that person over there that's the person i want to marry it doesn't usually work out (laughs) maybe maybe
0: occasionally but (laughs) it's a rare thing and what's funny is we've talked about this in past episodes like everybody we've had in here that's talked their career has ended up not where they had ever figured Mm -hmm. it going and so like if you as to the students out there you know if you think you're going to plan out your career in college that's great have a plan you know follow that plan but be ready for it to change and yeah, be willing to Yeah, I was going to that. say,
1: just be open. That's that's the key to life, not just you know, in, in this industry that we're in. Just be open in general. There might be something laid out in front of you that's a great opportunity, but you might have your mindset in this, I must do this kind of robotic that's closing you off to other opportunities or experiences that you may not get again or who knows. You never know where that new path might take you. That's probably something I still live by today. So if I would go back and tell someone, my, my younger self, even, what would you do? It's like just be open. I, I could, can
2: I can look back at a mistake. that in that fashion, I was living in South Carolina in Charleston. I wanted to live in Charleston, and an architect in town said, "You know, I know this guy up in Wilmington, North Carolina, and he's looking." I said, "No, I want to stay in Charleston." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> you was, never you nah. never ended up as an architect. I never <laughs> ended up as an architect. There was no work for architects in. Charleston because they'd had Hugo a few years before and they'd completely done the town. And one of the locals told me, this town never looked this good. You know, after Hugo came through, everything got done. There's not much to do here. Be open to the idea of
0: changing.
1: So one of the things, and I'm I'm telling you this as, as I look back, but sometimes in the moment, <laughs> I'll, I'll share with you when I first graduated college. I took an assignment my first assignment out of school was a prison in the high desert prison facility it's remote all you have is basically the team that you're working with and we did such a great job on that we rewarded with another prison project (laughs) i said oh wow okay and i was asked would you like to go uh no okay i'll I'll head back to la i'll head back to the city you know no thank you i was asked again you know next time it's like more senior person and then the more senior and so I said okay I gotta say yes Uh, by the time the third person came around it's like one of those things so I took the next assignment and now we're in the Central Valley prison type facility middle of nowhere again and further away from LA even now so now I'm (laughs) two hours away the thing is is I was fighting it I was fighting going to that assignment But it was one of the best things that ever happened to me because I really started to bond with the team. I honed in on my construction skills on that project. It was a tough one, but it was a good one. It was was one of those projects you want to have on your resume. And the other good thing is the cost of living (laughs) in the Central Valley. Oh, my goodness. So I saved up enough money from my salary to move back to L.A. and buy my first condo. And I was, what, 24, 25 years old? That's pretty impressive. So. Sometimes those things that we don't want to do and they don't quite make sense might make sense and if, if you stand back and look at it from a bigger picture that, hey, it's not so bad, you know?
0: Yeah, well, they say hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah. Right? But yeah, I mean, you've just got to be willing to jump in and, and go for it and, and things will change along the way. Well, let's talk about you getting out of school. I mean, one of the things you said that was interesting when we were at dinner was uh, you had signed with a general while you were still in school. Yeah. Is that typical? I mean, does that happen quite often?
1: I think so now, now more so. Back then it was pretty regular, but now it's even, even more, more regular. so. Yeah, because the thing about it is some of the students are going through internships, you know, and they kind of already start getting set in which companies they may want to tie down with. And for a company, you you absolutely want those all-stars. You want to lock them in early on. So by the time you're in that senior year, you know, you'll have companies, speaking to your audience here, you'll have companies that are looking to to lock you in so and I fell in love with the company Hensel Phelps and it was it was a great decision and I did I walked across the stage with my with my uh, ASU hard hat on but I had a Hensel Phelps sticker. (laughs) Had you had any experience with Hensel Phelps up to that point like did you do any internships or anything? Uh, Not with Hensel Phelps I actually interned with the city of Scottsdale in their capital improvement division but no not with Hensel Phelps it was just the on-site interview, I got called for a second round interview. I flew out to Irvine, got to mix and mingle with the folks that are in the Southern California area and fell in love. I fell in love with the type of projects. I fell in love with the culture. And those are key things to look for in a company. Just being able to, you're gonna spend most of your day with your coworkers, right? I mean, your 12 hour days. So you wanna make sure it's the right fit for your culture. And what I will say too, not every person coming out of school or first entering into the construction career, they're not necessarily, you know, single and young and this and that, you know, 20, 21, 22-year-old. Some are older with families. And yep. So it it changes your experience that you're looking to create in your career it might be a little different. So you just have to look at all those things, you know.
2: Depends on your position in life. Yeah. Gerlana, yeah. you've done some recruiting for Hansel Phelps, correct? Yes. So when you're interviewing students do you actually interview students oh absolutely yeah so what kind of things impress you so well, you're a recruiter
1: so it's always about the attitude right so I look at the resume just to get a feel for the person and then I always put the resume away because now you're this is someone sitting in front of you and you have a chance to have a conversation and and figure out what their interests are their hobbies like I said it's learning about the culture and and will they fit be a good fit for your organization and so forth the academics are important but you know yep, you know the programs that they go through and you know the classes that they take and really it, are they just adaptable to learning right that's what you're trying to that's what you're trying to understand in that those few minutes a half hour hour or however long the interviews are just are they adaptable to learning the eager good attitude good energy and just be you know, are they ready to ready to go to work? One of the points I'd like to make, and I guess we'll touch on this next is we had talked
0: about this beforehand. No talking about not knowing everything but being able to learn it. What was your
1: first role with Hensel Phelps on one of these prisons? So my first project prison, High Desert, and it was about a hundred million dollar prison. Project. And, yeah. So not yeah. a small one. No, no, no. Especially in the in two thousand two. That's yeah. <laughs> kinda <laughs> It was a big thing back then. Adjusted for inflation, it's a lot. Yeah, so I came on site, and I was immediately thrown into the MEP role, the MEP office engineer. And it was like, okay, (laughs) like you have experience, you know, from your curriculum, but it's nothing like seeing this facility and, you know, the, the MEP package, MEP security package was, I don't know, maybe 50 million of that. I mean, it was like half of the project. So don't quote me on the on the on yeah, the thousand. numbers <laughs> and, and whatnot. But it was big. Yeah.
0: Well and it was and it's not just a regular building. I mean this is at a prison and there's security issues. Right.
1: So that. you you just have to get in there and I and I went back to my foundation. Identify the things that I do know. Okay, I do know how to read plans, so let me open them up. <laughs> let me understand what's in them and let me understand the contract, right? I always go back to what's in the contract and who are the players involved with executing those contracts, and then going out to the field? The beauty of the you know being out on site is that you have it right there in your in your backyard, so to speak. You you can go access the project, and when you're out there, and you have the plans and you have a good support system of folks that are master builders. You lean on them, and that's what I did. It's she grew up old the paper. Right? Yeah. Her hands
0: are like holding a, a giant sheet of paper. It's not an iPad. Yeah,
1: no. But that, that came along a, couple, a few years after, but you know, I right. was still out there with, with paper drawings. <laughs> well, I mean, and so a light table. That's how we did our coordination overlaying drawings you know MEP yeah. nation before BIM and all yep. that we had a light table and we were in a conference room <laughs> you would stack them on
0: top of each other and yeah. see if there were any conflicts exactly and, and yeah that's that's a good skill to know because <laughs> you might get on a project where there's not going to be a BIM model yeah. I mean that's getting rarer and rarer or you rarer, can go so back you know.
1: to the old yeah it just to be able to have that yeah know. that skill set
0: did you learn to read plans in school
1: I did plans in school and then the internship always help but then there's those are smaller projects right, right? You get out there, I'm talking five, six volumes, right. you know, hundreds of dr- sheets of drawings. And, so, yeah. It's a little bit of a different story. Yeah.
0: Well, so let's go. I mean, you were hired on Pencil Phelps. You, mm-hmm. you ended up at the prison. You started as a field engineer, so I'm guessing.
1: It, well, it was uh, what we called an office engineer. And then I, later, so I took a little bit of a non-traditional, well, I started in the office first and then went out to the field and then came back in the office as a project engineer and then back out to the field as an area superintendent, and then back into the office as a manager.
0: <laughs> was there anyone that you enjoyed more? I mean, we've talked a little bit with some of the guys from have in the past about the different roles, yeah. you know, and what they all entail. Like, what, what would be your take on them?
1: I feel like I really hit my stride around that project engineer. I was a project engineer for maybe six or seven years. I enjoyed that role because you're, you're kind of running the project, but you don't have the stress of being the manager. <laughs> Right. <laughs> but you know all the details, and, and you're right-hand person for, for the manager. So, yeah.
0: A lot falls on your shoulders. Yeah, yeah.
1: but i uh, tell you what. All those things that I learned through the different roles, I apply now to my everyday. It's just skill set. It's, it's like building a foundation, right? I always call it, like, your toolbox. Right. All those things, every, every single position that you, you have over the years, it all adds up and, and helps helps just strengthen you. I was with Hensel Phelps for... 16 years a little less than 16 years
0: yeah but you served as you know the project engineer that's i guess if i remember right they said that's the first role where you're kind of managing other people oh yeah, yeah and so you've got a team underneath you what are some of the systems and stuff i mean if if your team's not performing well or if if they do perform well i mean how do you deal with that
1: well it starts with communication right because you won't know if you're doing good or bad if if everyone's just sitting in their own little silo no one's talking yeah if no one's talking and trying to figure out how you guys are operating as a team that's a recipe for disaster in itself so go back to the fundamentals of communication talk frequently if you need to just understanding how that other person they're doing and it's a two-way street you know there right. are things that they might need from you and there are things that you might need from them right so it's a two-way communication street it's it's never this top down i'm your supervisor and it has to be a two-way flowing communication and then you start learning so once you start talking it's this crazy thing you actually start learning about people and what they're going through and they might be having something personal in their life or they might be feeling underwhelmed or overwhelmed in their role but you don't know that until you have that dialogue so open up that conversation it's
0: it's it's interesting that you, I remember, you know, coming in out of high school and you think, oh, you're going to go into these these companies and like your personal life doesn't make a difference and the culture doesn't make a difference. And it's like it's huge for kids to understand that it does. It you does. Know? And in any role that you are, mm-hmm. you've got to be able to communicate with those that you're either over or that are over you. Because if you don't, like you said, it's a recipe for disaster.
1: I hope it's getting better. I remember when I first entered into the industry, it was very much like. Come to work, do your job, and you know all the emotions. Toughen yeah, Oh, sounds like it wasn't Yeah, stop crying and get back to work. Yeah, so you know it's just part of it. Just just trying to figure out the team, what's going on with the team, what's going on with you, having that dialogue, being upfront, and honest with your with what's going on in your personal life. And like I said, I think we've made strides in the industry as a whole with some like work life balance soft skill, um, yeah. coaching, mentorship. I, I think we're we're getting better. Still a ways to go. But I, I honestly have seen improvement since I first came into the industry.
0: Well and it's interesting as we hear everyone talk about these are key things that everybody looks for. You know, you've got to have that that you mesh well, that the culture is right for you, that you're a good fit. And you'd said even as a, you know, as you're out looking for kids and prospects, it's like uh-huh. are they gonna fit? Is it gonna be worth Because you don't want to come in and be miserable every day no, no. you're not going to get much out of them no you know
1: so and they're not going to enjoy the experience and and for, for me i l- i love this industry I, I this has been something that i've been very proud of and so when you see someone come into an industry that you love and they're suffering you kind of want to know why what's going on with you there, there's a still a human component to this it's very much so relationship based in the, in our industry and so you you are concerned because you are a team that's building a project. I've I've never seen anyone build a project on their own. So mm-hmm. if the person sitting next to you is going through something, kind of want to know what it is and seeing if the, you know you can help them through that or figure out a way to, to support that person. You thinking about something, Cliff? No. Oh, Well, good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so we move on from there.
2: Oh, well, well, Ken, are you, are you going through? The road? <laughs> No, for no, it's all good. Don't worry about it. <laughs> well, then why aren't you productive? Maybe I'm. <laughs> gonna,
1: maybe. Good point.
0: Good point. As we, you know, I don't want us to get all in <laughs> our feelings, huh? Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. That's what. From there, project engineer, you were there for quite a while. From project
1: engineer, is it right to project manager? Or how does that track no, work? No, actually, um, around the latter part of my time as a project engineer, I just went out to the airport, LAX. Okay. And we just kind of mobilized a team out there to to start with that with that work, and so I transitioned from a project engineer to a area superintendent a couple of years later onto to a manager. Did you enjoy your time out in the field? I did. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say I was the, the superintendent of the year kind of thing. It's, it's <laughs> we're not going to, no, no one's going to, you know, there's some fact checkers out there that say, no, no, that wasn't her. But it's, it's a little different when you're a superintendent, at least in my role, when I was working with the airlines and, and working on the airport
0: there's a lot more regulation
2: yeah yeah. a lot more
1: stuff you got to be aware of yeah
2: what was hensel phelps first project at the airport
1: that quote me on this so they were they were there working on united back in the late 90s and then finished that project and then kind of went away and worked in other markets and so forth but then they came back in 2009 and that's when when i I came came on it's
0: kind of like disneyland they, you know, people can want to be in there, and then they get in there and decide after a while maybe they don't want to be in there for very long.
1: Yeah. Oh, everybody wants to
2: be at Disneyland.
0: But I mean, and they, yeah, just the regulation that's gone in since 2009. Oh, I yeah. mean, you know, it's more and more every year, and so if you can meet those
1: requirements and, and perform well, then there's a market for you out there. Yeah. And once you in, once you figure it out and have that knowledge and experience, oh, you're you're like gold right so they want you to stay there all right? you know? LAX
2: is kind of like New York City you know you you're you kind of have like a rent control department there you're living the life it's hard for other people to get in you know because you've got a leg up your your rent's cheaper because you know how things work mm-hmm. you have everyone's badge everyone anybody else comes in oh it's going to take you six months to get badged yeah. Well, yeah, yeah and exactly. that's it. You kind of
0: find the people that, you know, the contractors and the suds and stuff that that get out there, and it is. You You develop that relationship, and, and it tends to work better for everybody involved if, if you can maintain the quality mm-hmm. and, and do everything as needs to be done. You were project manager. Uh, from area superintendent, you went to project manager. Yes. And you were project manager at one of the terminals out there. I believe that's the terminal we worked on. Right? Two.
1: Yeah, Terminal Two. That was a what project. Right, the best did. painter you'd ever dealt with out there. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> but how a... Uh, what would, what would your takeaway be from spending time as a project manager out at the airport
1: it's one of those things where the airport is layered with like you said the requirements and yep. so forth there's maybe and maybe there's, there's more strenuous yeah, yeah. more strenuous than maybe something that's outside of the airport environment that's building a starbucks the or something exactly yeah. for me i always like to look at the positives right so i would say it just it just makes you hone in on on a, a different type of skill set Know, you know, you have the building, you have the management of the team, the subcontractors, the complexities of the project stuff and, you know, you know all those things, subcontractor relationships. But then you have this other component that's over here, and that's a, how to deal with the airport and, and how to deal with the personalities within that. And then how do you control a project that you have no control over the forces around the project? and it requires you to think about things a little differently. So for me, you know, you look at it as a challenge. Uh, it's exciting. Okay, how do I how can we still get this thing moving forward knowing that we don't have control of our day, knowing that 15,000 people trek through our our job site, you know, with the passengers, you know those yep. things? the passengers, yeah. those people. So they're going to be there the whole time <laughs> you're building or doing anything. So, you know those fessy passengers. So how do you how do you navigate through that and then also help your team to navigate through that too so it just tested a different part of me which was exciting for me well maybe i, I didn't show it <laughs> <laughs> like i said we're looking back here you right know, so. hindsight 2020
0: <laughs> well it, it's just interesting i mean one of the things that our last guest jamie had talked about she said there's times that you're over people and you have all this responsibility but you have no authority over the people mm-hmm. on your team and that's what you're talking about mm-hmm. you know you have this responsibility to keep these passengers safe. You have this responsibility to do this work, but there's sometimes that you can't shut down certain gates or a whole terminal. I mean, right. things have to happen, and so you can't even tell the passenger to get out of the way. Yeah, for the most part. <laughs> no. I mean, you, they, don't, they want no interaction there. In an instance like that, be it be it a project like that or on any project where hey, you've got this authority or you've got no authority but you have this responsibility, what would your advice be to people that are? I mean, how do you how do you get through that?
1: going back to your fundamentals you know at, at the end of the day we're problem solvers really i mean as a yep. builder you're a problem solver so why is this any different than maybe that mechanical issue or that structural issue or a schedule issue it's it's one and the same so you tackle it like you would tackle figure out your knowns your unknowns how to move forward what's the best path you know best path forward it's it's the same same thing and then you just start figuring out, okay, who do I need to talk to to make sure we, we can kind of control some kind of parameters around this? What can move us forward? That's at the end of the day, that's, that's what we do, right? I well, mean, that's
2: the identification of the problem. We can control this, this, and this, but this is the thing we can't control, mm-hmm. so how do we work around that thing that we can't control?
1: Yeah, I guess it's, uh, it's about isolating, right? Isolating it down to what's the core issue, and then figuring out like your knowns, unknowns, and then how to move forward.
0: How do you eat an elephant one piece at a time? And that's true. I mean, you've got to identify each of those tasks. Mm-hmm. And okay, this is what you can do with no problem. This one we can do with a little bit of this, and this one we're just gonna have to
1: kind of go with the flow. Yeah. And then you also the beauty of having those relationships is that now if you've isolated something down to the core. Then you can start elevating the issue. Okay. I need some backing here from the client, whomever, whatever authority. I I need some backing here, but I've gotten it down to this big of an issue versus this elephant, right? But that's the homework that's involved with problem solving and trying to get it down to that.
2: You've identified not only the problem, but then you identify the person that can help you solve the problem. Mm -hmm. And that's not always the same person. You know, sometimes it's the airport, sometimes it's... The airline, sometimes it's, you know, the authority, whoever they
1: is, but but It just just depends on what the the issue is. But that's the homework that we do as the problem solver. Like We always used to call ourselves risk managers. You see those terms kind of thrown around. around. But at the end of the day, that's what we do. You know, we went to school basically to become a problem solver. Babysitter in some
2: instances. Which is what you do in a business program. Yeah, exactly.
0: Find the identify the problem and find a way to solve it. Yeah. And there's always gonna be problems. Yeah. And so the faster you can come to solving them the better off you're gonna be. Well if you didn't have people you wouldn't have so
1: many problems. Oh, so, <laughs> so it's all gonna be automated <laughs> in the future,
0: is that what you Well,
1: there's a lot of there's a lot of innovation coming <laughs> our way. I mean especially in the construction arena. This is it's all exciting. Well you hear me talk about what a few minutes ago I'm talking about a light table. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> I got those things called iPads now here. Well, right, you know. I can have my
0: plans on this little thing like this. I can just look at all the drawings and I can do these things. Take pictures and put notes on them. It is. I mean, and the beauty is that these kids coming out of school are kind of, they're a little more adept to that kind of stuff. And, and it's, it's just going to help the industry grow in,
1: Absolutely. in leaps and bounds.
2: Well, they're being introduced to that stuff while we're busy working. That's true.
1: Well, I will say a little hint or a pointer. So if, if I'm someone coming out of school, I have the advantage of being closer to the new technology than someone that's already established in the industry. And if you're looking for a way to forge a relationship with someone, that's probably the way to go. I, I kind of use that trick throughout, throughout my career is find someone that's more senior that you could maybe partner up with. They might have the experience and knowledge 20, 30 years, but you can, you can be the one to like sap that up but then also show them a few things too with from the technology standpoint. You can show them how
2: to use an Excel spreadsheet, yeah. with formulas so they're not doing all that exactly. arithmetic.
1: <laughs> I'm on. telling you it's it, it seems it seems crazy, but that's kind of how I tackled a few of those those meaty scopes of work that I've had over the years is let's let's pair up. Pair up with someone that, that's maybe maybe you're not as confident to to go into a meeting and lead lead the discussion on xyz subject okay well i bet you there's someone on your team hopefully that can so if you have forged a relationship with that individual it's a give and take right you're getting a little knowledge and they're helping to boost your confidence but then you're also helping them kind of learn the new technology and faster ways of doing things too so it's it's a win win and then it all feeds back to your team it's kind of like trying to teach
0: cliff Bluebeam, and all he ever does is sit there and yell at you because the dang thing doesn't do what he wants it to do (laughs)
1: But I <laughs>
2: have to
0: do what? Where,
1: where's <laughs> that thing? Can just where come in it for? I'm with you. I'm with
0: you on that. Uh, like you said, you know, find those people and forge that relationship because yeah. it's only going to help you.
1: Find those moments where you can oh, okay. I can bring something to the table here right. and this person can help me with XYZ. So, so Hansel Phelps, you 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 ended your career at Hansel Phelps as a project manager still? I did. Yeah. And
0: decided you know through roundabout way he started up atlas Moore. Yeah, i did tell us a little bit about atlas more so what atlas
1: is. Moore is a construction management firm okay right consulting firm and with the emphasis on aviation i've been in the aviation market for a little over nine years now Since <laughs> <laughs> 2009 yeah so it, it's a passion i guess you know i always joke around like some people are just bit by the aviation bug and i was this is you know where i'm where i'm at what i'm doing
0: well and let's talk a little bit about going from you know, you have this steady job, you have all of this, this backing for you and now you've decided to go off on your own. Yeah, like, yeah. It's well,
1: scary. <laughs> 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 it is scary. It's it's a scary thing because scary doesn't always mean bad. It's right. just a scary thing. Like you said, you were comfortable, had seniority, had a team, you had these things, you know, benefits. You had you had your knowns. These things were known to you you had your routine and then to to get out of that comfort and into your own and say okay oh yeah you got to fight out here <laughs> it's it's a different world when you're going out and, and trying to create projects or opportunities to be a part of a team leading a team as an owner rep or you know it's it's a it's a different lens that i'm looking through these days
0: <laughs> well and you've got the whole business side of it that you have to learn, too. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you've you've done these type of things and you understand how, the, you know, the pay flow, the cash flow works and everything like that. But when you're the one that's, okay, you know, like, make payroll, do this, do that.
1: I mean, it's a whole different ballgame. It is. I, I used to joke around thinking I wore a lot of hats back in the day. Uh-huh. Right? But, no, I literally wear <laughs> every hat. <laughs> oh goodness uh, a day in the life you're making calls to clients because without clients you don't have work so you, you keep that going you wear your business development hat you're at these conferences you're at the mixers you're just trying to inundate everyone with your name and who you are and brand awareness yeah brand yeah awareness. so think about that when you're coming out of college there's no such thing as overexposure and that's one of the things I learned in my career over the years. There's no such thing as too Oh, my goodness. I want somebody to say, oh, my God, I'm just tired of seeing seeing her. <laughs> <I'm just> so <laughs> She's everywhere I go. <laughs> I want to get to that point, right? So there's no such thing as oversaturating people with with your face and your presence because then they'll remember you, they'll know you, and then they start building, building up a comfort with you. And then it's it's a matter of, yeah, why isn't Jolani here? Why isn't she sitting in on this committee or in this meeting or part of this project? And that's where you want to get to.
0: Exactly. I mean, it's all about those relationships that you forged and, and who knows you and, and are you someone that they can count on? Exactly. And you know, the
2: more you see those people, the more insight you have into them, which allows you to build that relationship. I like to tell the story about that salesman that called on me years ago and it's just like, okay, and that's when we still had catalogs. I don't know. Give me your catalog. Okay, you've got one thing in here that's better than everybody else's. What is it? Uh, well, it's this, this, this. It's fine. If I need that, I'll call you. All right. And he's like, and so I'm like, pretty much like just giving him the boot. And he's like, well, okay. And I said, I'm going to tell you, I only buy stuff from people I know. And he looks at me like, but you're like kicking me out of the office. I said, that's your job, to figure out how to l- l- get to know me, <laughs> all right? And once you get to know me, then I'll be buying stuff from you. But you can't just walk in and like, I'm not going to just buy stuff because right. you k- showed up. So it's that repeated exposure.
1: That applies to every level of where you're at in your career, okay? You don't have to be some big exec. We're not talking about that, that level. I'm talking about over the years, if you have an opportunity to to lead a meeting on your project, if you have an opportunity to give a safety talk, a you know, toolbox talk, or or some kind of local training, look for those volunteer opportunities. Especially if you can get in front of your your leadership, or your your management, or your clients and things like that. Look for those opportunities. That's what I mean by there's never too much. You can't ever be oh my. I challenge everyone out there to to get to the point where someone's like, Oh my goodness, this person again, <laughs> again. They're just so good. They're just like always right there. <laughs> you know, they're always <laughs> Well what's what's really funny you say that about and
0: it doesn't matter the position. Mm-mm. You know, I can think of a field engineer that we know pretty well and it doesn't matter what Hetzel Phillips project on we're on we're on. It's like, Oh yeah, do you know so and so Oh yeah, he's great, he's the best guy. Like mm-hmm. and he just is. There's a few of those. And that's gonna take you places. That's how career. you
1: start building up your your uh, your network, right, and, and the folks out there advocating for you. Yeah. Because this industry is small, it's small, and you see people kind of moving companies and so forth. But that reputation and your and all that carries with you. So you, everyone knows you, right? Or everyone, couldn't know you in in this. In and you this go the little
2: extra step once in a while. We we got a invitation to bid something today. It came in at three thirty six, and they said the. It was due at four o'clock. <laughs> just like I just said, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> but I looked at it. I was like, "Well, you know, I was just like, I don't even know what it is you want." So I responded, "Nope, not gonna get a number." And I got an email like 15 minutes later, with more specifics. And can I can I really get a number from you? So I threw a number out to him, right? And then he came back with a little more because I, you know, said. These are the parameters. I gave him a little more information. He said, Well, what if we do this, this, and this? So, you know, I it just, it's like it's 4 30 now or something. It's, but you just give them a little bit. It wasn't that much effort. But now, they, in their mind, it's like, oh, there's somebody we can count on. Right. It doesn't take a lot to build those kind of relationships where they go, These guys will go the extra step for it. People appreciate that.
1: You want to be the go to, you yeah. want to be the go to person. <laughs>
0: It's probably another thing we should cover, and we had talked about this at dinner. You know, you do what you say you're going to do has always been one of Cliff's big things. We do what we say we're going to do, mm-hmm. and we had talked about. Don't lie was exactly oh, the words just, <laughs> the, the words out of Jerlani's <laughs> mouth was yeah. just don't lie. So let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, the this idea of your reputation follows yeah. you around.
1: I mean, we're human. We're going to make mistakes, or we're you know, oh oh, that was like a bonehead thing that I did, or. Whatever the case is, you might have the best intentions and and the outcome didn't come out right. But the thing is, is don't sit there if you're questioned or asked about it. Don't lie. (laughs) Just don't. (laughs) Just don't, you know. Own up to it and and try and do what you can within your powers to correct it. Make the situation right. Get to the desired outcome. But it's when you start getting into those things where you're lying or you're not owning up to it. It just... It never goes good. I, I can't think of one time where it actually worked out for anybody. It
0: escalates <laughs> to a point that it gets terrible. Yeah. And and that was, you know, we had talked about, you know, maybe maybe they're waiting on an item for procurement, and people are like, oh, yeah, it's coming or yeah. it's not coming. And, and eventually you're going to have to face the fact that it's not. And had you gone to the PM or, the, you know, the people in charge at the time and said, hey, we're going to have the schedule snafu because this is nowhere near ready.
1: Yeah, when you find out things early on, as soon as they're – you, f- you figure out there's an issue just own up to it right then and there because then you have more opportunities to try and correct it but if you just sit there and let it linger and because we're, we're human right so we think walk around with all this stress on our shoulders oh how am I going to get out of this how am I going to correct this what am I going to do oh I can't let that person know oh I was just reprimanded for that a while back if I this is we struck two, you never know what people are going through right so it's always like okay take a deep breath and figure out how to just share that information with somebody so you're not walking around with the burden of knowing this is going to be an impact or some kind of issue <laughs> yeah i always say just try and sh- you know shed it shed it from you <laughs> let it out to the world and let, let's see let's see what we're
0: well and cliff's point was always that now it's not just your problem it's everybody's problem. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you share that problem. <laughs> yeah. just Let it out to the world.
1: It, tell somebody. Tell a friend. You know? It, but early on you can you have opportunities, right, to correct it. But when it gets when you start getting down further down the lie the lie trail <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> There's fewer fewer roads to take. Exactly. Well the, one of my favorite quotes of all time is it if I can remember how it goes. It goes. You are what you do when it counts. And you have to remember that. Like Mm -hmm. there's gonna be plenty of times it's not gonna matter. Like this is a little thing or this didn't get done or whatever, it's not a big deal. But but when it comes to your integrity and like your honesty, like that's when it counts. Yeah. And and if you will stick to those guns, regardless whether they're good or whether they're bad, that's that's what's gonna serve you. And like the point that you made that I love is it is a small industry. Mm -hmm. Like it's huge, it's global, there's all these things, but that reputation is going to follow you around. Yeah, and so yeah, you might make mistakes, you might have issues like that, but just own it.
1: And know? here's the thing: this is what I love. You know, I'm I'm still one that that's made a mistake or this or that or you know, I might have had this problem on this project, and then you feel like, oh my god, is my reputation ruined? Well, you know what? You have a chance at another project, and as long as you're vulnerable to, to hearing. The criticism that you may not want to hear, and and you're open and receptive of that, and want to make a change to do better, and given the chance to do better, and you take it, that's what that's all people can ask. Because I didn't have a clean. Slight. The woman you see before you, <laughs> she, she's had she's had a road to, to travel, uh, you know, it was up and down, and she's made some enemies and things over the you know over time, and and you know what there's you there just are have to very
2: few fatal errors yeah exactly yeah I would say
1: yeah uh, you're like not always going to have this this rosy you know career and there's never going to be any obstacles or challenges or anything that you can't come back from yeah like One. you said there's very few fatal so, so don't get down on yourself I've known people that have made mistakes that have cost millions yeah yeah <laughs> millions millions and you know what? I woke up the next day and tried to either correct it or ran, ran from it. who yeah. knows? I don't know but, but that that person is still able to function is, is what I mean. I guess if you if you live long enough, you're gonna make some mistakes. And you,
2: at dinner, I said we had a project at LAX and it was a it was a bad number for us. And we told everybody right up front, we have a bad number. Okay? And so just know, we're not giving anything away. We're gonna fight tooth and nail and at the end I looked at Lawa and I said, Hey, you know, I've lost this much money and you want you want more money from me?
0: So, so you can't bleed a stone, right? But one of the things that was beneficial there is the G C helped us. I mean, we went to him and said, Hey, this is bad. Like we're we're in a bad spot already. We haven't even got foot on the ground and it's already looking bad and they, they You know, there's not a lot they can do for you, but every chance they had, they
2: were advocating for us. Well, even the law rep said, I can't give that away. i got to take something back. You know, I just – I got my – he said, I have my job to do, and I just can't say, well, we'll just – we can't call it a wash. you got to give me something.
1: Let's see, that goes back to the team. Yeah. Because if you fail – the GC fails, the, the project team fails, you know, it's a circle. So n- the goal should always be we don't want any losers, any failures on this. So, you know, you can't always make people whole or n- you can't always do that. But, man, you can you can lessen the pain a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it may not be monetarily, but you, there's ways to still keep people involved and engaged in the team, the team goal, and, and not leave them out to dry, you know, so –
0: Coming out of school, remember that there's there's people that have lost millions of dollars, <laughs> <laughs> made million dollar mistakes, but but that's
1: true. I mean own it, own it, and it figure out how you can make it. Like it goes back to problem solving. Yeah. We're, we're problem solvers, so you don't need to make any more problems than you
0: have. But <laughs> on occasion, you know, you yeah. can figure those out too. So you cherish the winners because they're going to be losers. <laughs> Well, and you always remember the ones that burn you. Was that Bruno? It's like, you always remember those ones that, that burn you. So from there, can we talk a little bit about the gender card? One of the things that we found interesting is from the numbers online, we have a lot of female listeners. Uh-huh. And I had told this to one of our other female guests. It was like, I could sit here and spit off a bunch of nonsense, but I don't know what it's like. And so I'd be interested to know. Like for women, like when you went through school, you have come into the field, you know, what would your advice be? girls that are considering it and want to do the same thing
1: here's a couple things i guess i can approach it from from two different two different ways my experience when i came into the industry there were hardly any women even with some the company i worked for i was one of a few in the whole southern california market and when you look at the fact that the size of the company and then you kind of think wow this is one of the bigger gc's yeah. And there's very few of us here. And you multiply that into the to the industry as a whole. I, I wasn't blinded by that. I mean, I wasn't... I came into it knowing that. So I said, okay, well, what can I do? And it goes back to me. This is just me personally. What I did 16 years ago to to try and acclimate into the industry as an African-American woman at that, too. I just learned all that I can learn to be the, the smartest and, and I, I said I'm going to leave some of the gender and the race off to the side because if you're the go to you're the go to <laughs> if you have the answers I don't care if you're green Yeah, I don't care who you are and, and what you identify with if you have the answers and you're that go to person and and you're contributing as a team member you can't get around that. You can't get around that. You can you can refuse a lot of things, but at the end of the day, we're sensible people, and this is a business. So, <laughs> it's like, so I always say, know your stuff. Okay, right. That's one aspect of it. Know your stuff. Be that go-to person. And the other side, the reality of the conditions and, and the day-to-day. What I always try to do, at least early on when I first started out, I would try and find a buddy that we could go tackle things with and as you kind of move up through the ranks that person becomes a little bit more senior right because your your role on the project changes but initially when I started out mind you first project only female right so I'm like okay I need to find a buddy that that can that can work with me so doesn't doesn't see an issue yeah yeah it's it's so maybe that person can kind of help bridge me with the rest of the group too right and and you you, you kind of play around with things like that like how can we make sure we're still accomplishing the goal but there's no issue because of i'm a woman or this or that so you kind of find a buddy like just you know i'm still my one of my buddies i'm still, well, a couple of my buddies i'm still close with to, to this day that was on that fir- first project that i had so you you kind of play around with creating a little team and then they kind of start talking oh yeah she's cool Oh, yeah, yeah. You want to go to lunch? Oh, yeah, she's cool. You know, and then it kind of expands. And then next thing you know, you're kind of working into the in. in you're in. In, right? Yeah. Um, that doesn't always work. You know, it just depends on your personality. But I say as long as you're trying to try and put your best foot forward to get to know people and to try and create and gel as a team, regardless of your gender. or or race or you know whatever religious preference and whatnot as long as you're trying to acclimate into a team environment you're you're doing the best that you can control did i have things that happened over the years being a woman yeah did i have some days where i went home and i was like "What, what what am i doing why 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 would i choose this for myself yeah but you work through them and and I worked through them in different ways. So what I always did was I kept a group of friends that had nothing to do with construction. My friends are in different industries. So I had a place to vent that was completely open uh, from from a safe a place, safe from where I from my day-to-day, mm-hmm. you know. So I I I did that. And I'm telling you this is what worked for me. Right. So I could I could go vent to my girls about well, what's going on and, and they could help calm me down, talk me off the ledge. And then i go back to work and then there was a bigger picture that, that I, was, I actually enjoyed what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And so from there I kind of started growing into the, okay, if I like what I'm doing and this is the industry and this is kind of what's happening, how can I make it better? And one of the things that, that I did um, while I was part of, we started an internal women's network because i'm not I'm not the only one that's having thoughts or issues or whatnot, so I remember when we started that it was only a few people, and then I looked up right before I left the company. I think we had eighty some odd women okay. it had grown right so just the industry itself had been growing too over since I started to well where the, the where amount of
2: women in the industry in the past. Years. 10, 15 fifteen yeah. years—it's just like—it's like, it's, like yeah. it's not. You go places now. It used to be a woman. What you know? Mm-hmm. My sister was an estimator for a while, and you know, that was in the seventies, the late seventies, the early eighties, and she, she was like, it's like, wow, there's this girl here. Where'd she come from? Yeah. You yeah. know? She's like a space alien. But now it's not uncommon to see women on job walks and so forth. Yeah,
1: One thing I will say when I first started out, I was either like the secretary or or the safety. I don't know where this the stigma of safety the safety. Man, safety women. Oh, that's the safety the lady. Safe. And it's, <laughs> I don't even know where that came from. But So I was one or two people, right? And then I started moving up. I will say, I was never confused by the time I made it to my senior years. It's just, Either superintendent or manager, even the project engineer, I was never confused for anyone other than, than the role I was in, you know. And um, so I think that's because progress. You knew your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Better know it. So I think that's that's progress that I've seen throughout the industry. Now, are there challenges? Absolutely. Is it still necessary to to find that support network? Absolutely, especially in, in your younger years. Mm-hmm. It's just key it's just key and it doesn't have to be as formal you know some, some things are more formal but then if if you just know someone that's in the industry maybe not in the same company if you don't have that opportunity or maybe not on the same project whoever you feel comfortable connecting with to kind of band band together and get a little support it, it helps you you know because the thing is it's like we want you and need you in the industry you know this industry I promise you is better because of where things are headed with women and you know so forth so it it can only help it only makes it better
2: and and people that are listening to this this, that are students and you correct me if they're wrong don't think that this is magic it's just being human Mm -hmm. all right you've done all these things unless you're a person that doesn't have a friend of the world okay you've done this before in your life and you've just looked at it and said I did this, 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 and this. And it may have been more conscious because of the environment you were in. But we do these things all the time. Yeah. And so it's just going there and being yourself, learning what you need to know, right? And contributing. Being a contributor is a big deal. It is. It is. Well, and, and
0: we had talked about this on the previous episode. Like, everything that any guy is doing, you are capable of doing. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not... You probably can do better in a lot of instances. Like, So don't ever think to yourself that it's, you know, why am I in this industry? You're just as capable, if not more than...
1: I think it's, you know, there's a place... This industry... That's that's why I still get excited about it, you Mm -hmm. know. Even though I'm in the consulting side of it, I still get excited about... One, it's a lucrative industry to be in, and it's in high demand. So, you know, some of the things that, like, even... I'm going to say my grandparents, they, they always worried with security, job security and things like that. Man, when, tell me when we're going to stop <laughs> building. You know, if we run out of room, we just knock something down, and re- rebuild it in its place, right? So this is a solid industry, and we need all these minds. We need all these people with different lenses that they look through and, and contributions to, to this career. So that's why I say there's a place for, for everyone here in it needs to be everyone finds their place in this and it makes it better i promise
0: well and and you've seen an improvement from when you first started yes and you know it's how does it get better well it's there's more and more people that are growing into the industry yeah and and it's growing with it
1: and we need more senior women you know we need more senior women so it's good you know this this uh, universities are doing a great job of recruiting and, and and getting folks into to good careers now let's follow that, right? Now the, the next path is let's get these folks into senior rankings. and Executive positions yeah, exactly. and senior exactly. positions. Exactly.
0: Awesome. As we talk a little bit about you went the consulting side. Mm-hmm. Can you give some insight as to like what does what your, your day consist of aside from the business? Like what are you doing as a consultant? Just giving some kids ideas. is like, oh, you know, they go through the industry, they get a career, maybe eventually they get bit by the bug. You know, what is it that, that happens on a day-to-day basis?
1: So after I stopped crying, um <laughs> <laughs> wake up, have a good cry, decide to, you got to get it together. After I get out of my feelings, then I uh you no, know, so it's it's really wearing all those hats. You know, and you look at so over the years when you're coming up in your career, you're going to learn about time management and how to schedule your day and how to you know, navigate through things that happen that weren't on your your schedule for the day. So a lot of times it's creating. You gotta go create that schedule or create that day. And those are meetings, those are proposals, those are networking. I mean, it, it's all those things and keeping those relationships, like I said, you gotta remember this face, you gotta see me and unless you're right on the top of folks' mind, it's it's really hard, especially on the consulting side. Because I don't have a big team, and you know, hundreds of people, employees, and so forth. Not yet, at least. Yellow. One ye- day. One day. No yellow trucks. No. <laughs> no. So you, you you have to go create your day. Is is what I would say as a consultant. And and then once you do create the opportunity, once you get on with the client, now you got to go deliver. You got to deliver, and you still have to go, and create more, more work. Yeah. And then eventually, you know, the whole deal with, with my company is I want to be able to get more folks, I don't want to say younger, but just folks interested in the aviation side of the consulting management. I see that there's going to be a need as some of the senior folks start retiring off. Those folks with all those 30 years of aviation management experience, con- experience they're going to start retiring off. Some of them have already started, and... I want to be a, be able to position Atlas more, to where we're like, nope, we saw this coming and we got ahead of it.
2: What's the lifespan of an airport? Good I I, I mean because they're constantly I'm, changing. Yeah,
1: I'm I'm, I don't know the answer to that because, I went back. I was just in France a few, a few weeks back and. I see them still building. You know, some of the older airports that you know are like, oh they just tear it down and rebuild. And, you know, the, these are airports. The they European airports, of course, are a lot older than than, mm-hmm. than some of the ones we have but here.
2: for the most part, LAX has been there quite a while. Oh, yeah. Long Beach has been there a long time. You know, John Wayne, not as long. But actually, if you look at John Wayne, it's been there a really long time. Yeah. So they don't move. They just continually reinvent themselves. They
1: renovate the interior, and then when that's worn out, Two or three cycles worth, they said. Maybe we should add more gates. It's all about adding more contact gates, and so, and then that happens to be a new terminal or a new concourse, and so you just keep going and expanding. And then once you absolutely run out of land, guess what? You go build a new one somewhere else. You know. You, you but you dig a hole in the middle of the. But that's really tough to Ontario. do, Ontario, because <laughs> they tried. Well, they tried to do it in Palmdale, right?
2: Yeah. It's like uh, people. There's an airport in Palmdale. <laughs> Do you see the knowledge of aviation construction? Do you see a lot of transferable things to like let's say rail or uh, other forms of ground transportation?
1: I think so. I mean, you're you're always my foundation is in construction, mm-hmm. you know. I've built prisons and hospitals and high schools, and community centers and you know, airports and terminals. So y- you have this Vast, I guess, in my toolkit, I have Multiple have the teams. foundation of construction building. Now, there's little nuances that are different between, between the, some of the transportation sectors, but I don't think it's anything that's a showstopper to where you couldn't learn those those things, especially if you took an interest in it. You know. and you might actually bring something, yeah, that they didn't have before. One of the committees that I'm on, or not committees, one of the memberships I'm a part of, is uh, a transportation women in transportation and it's interesting so there's platforms where there's airports the the rail systems you know you can even get into some of the other systems of transportation air sea land subway yeah so uh, the, the whole deal is that there's they're coming together and they're talking about what's what's moving their their sector further there's a lot of things that are transferable between multiple modes Transportation.
0: would you say seeking out some of these committees and these boards and these memberships has that been really beneficial to you in your career?
1: Oh yeah uh, like I said more exposure yeah uh, so and, and what I do is there's there's things related to the industry that I'm a part of right you got to do got to do those just, just get on something there's there's multiples out there that you can get involved with especially your audience so I'd say pick one just to kind of get you going in that. But then there's also ones that are loosely associated with your organization or you know your industry. And I'd say get on one of those or get a part of one of those as well. There's no, there's no r- r- rule that you can only do this or only do that. I think that's one of the things I kind of got locked into early on in my career, because I was only focused on this. But then you, if you expand your view just a little bit, you find that, hey, uh, what I find sometimes, I might be the only construction person in one of these meetings or at one of these conferences. So guess what, I automatically have kind of separated myself from the pack. Not all the time, but enough of those to where you're like, okay, wow, okay, if I there's construction, okay, this makes sense.
0: You're the person that knows that. And there's no way
1: around that. Yeah, so sometimes you have to seek out, and that might be a little bit more information for more senior group, but that's, to me, I, I think those things are necessary. You don't, you can, you can also be a part of other industries or industries that may touch your primary industry.
0: Looking forward into construction, is there any technology that you've seen that's kind of like blown your mind, or stuff that you're really looking forward to?
1: I might be the wrong person to ask that question. Fair. <laughs> I'm, I'm with Cliff over here. We're, I'm still this <laughs> blue beam is driving be crazy, kicking my butt. <laughs> no, but there's. Yeah, just just taking it as a whole. I've just seen kind of where we started and how it's growing and growing and growing.
0: Well, you started on the light table yeah. doing overlays,
1: right? Yeah, but what I love about it, just just the fundamental overarching part that I love, it's instant. Do you remember back in the day when you would have to write an RFI? You'd have to go out there, and you'd have to figure out the issue. You'd write it on your tablet, not the electronic <laughs> tablet. Your like yellow the, tablet. The yellow <laughs> tablet, but a, and then you'd take a photo, and then you'd have to try and mark the area that you took the photo and the angle and describe it, and then you'd go back and you enter into a system and you'd upload the photo. Oh, my goodness. That took you two days to write one RFI. Now, you had to lick all those stamps, too. Or feed the You facts. had to fax it over yeah. to the architect. Yeah. Just as a whole, I mean, I love the fact that we're creating these project teams with the architects on site and, everyone you need to actually build a thing is there and you can you can take photos from from your tablet the electronic kind or yeah. you know, ipad or your phone your phone yeah make some notes directly on it and it's off and you know what that just did that freed up my day it's time efficient for me yeah because now i can get on to other things and so any technology that uh, can do that and make things more efficient. I'm all for it, and I see that's where we're headed because it's been the trend. Yeah. So, all those tech companies out there, hey, focus on us in construction, and because you know time is money, right? Especially yep. in this industry. Oh so and if our schedules
2: get more and more compressed. Yeah. Oh,
1: jeez. So if you can, if you can figure out some technology that that helps and targets the construction industry in particular, even better, and then even the, the audience that's listening, ugh, if you learn that and you bring that to your team, you're golden, right? Yeah. Now you're starting to figure out ways to differentiate yourself. Like, hey, I know this new thing; it'll help. It, it's 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 one of those things that it just you got to figure out ways to differentiate. And right along with what you said earlier, you know, they can't ignore you if you're the one that knows you. <laughs> that knows it. They can't ignore you. Knowledge is, is power. Knowledge is power. Kids that are in school and
0: mm-hmm. they're looking for an internship, they're getting ready to go out in the field. I mean, what advice would you have for them? Could be soft skills, could be, you know, we, you had some great advice already. But just think about, you know, you're, you yourself, you're back in school, like, what is it that you needed to hear? What would have been?
1: Be a sponge, you know, especially for an internship or your first uh, your first position. Sponge it up. Think of it this way. You're starting out. You're not expected to have all the answers. And if you did, I'd be a little worried, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd, I'd say, okay, this is a little scary. So just be a sponge. Ask the questions. Come with your own ideas. You know things, like I said, that that we may not know because we haven't been in school for years and decades and so forth. So those things that you you're learning in class and school, don't be afraid to bring that into the to the project and you start shining. But those those are two things I'd say. Be a sponge. And don't be afraid to bring those those innovative ideas that you have, because um, you can't deny it. You can't deny when you, when you have someone that has knowledge and can can come up with some new way to new way to do a process. I just
0: well, the the goal is to continually improve the processes, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, there's processes that have been out there for a hundred years or more, mm-hmm. and they work I mean, they're there because they work but there's no one saying that you can't improve on some mm-hmm. of those with you know technology
1: or whatever it is that yeah.
0: you've got so push for that
1: I mean look at the cell phone right <laughs> where it's grown from the big brick yeah <laughs> to a smaller version to my mom still had a flip phone up until a couple of years ago <laughs> so well,
2: I was working when we had pagers and you still have to pay phones <laughs> <laughs> to answer a phone call or to make a phone call well,
0: Gerlani, is there anything you'd want to cover? I mean, this is a platform for you as well. Atlas Moore, you're you're still kind of in its infancy. Yeah. yeah. But uh you've done a lot of work with some of the airport authorities. And so. it's just
1: exciting. So, so I'm entering into this new new chapter and it's it's exciting and you just got to go for it. You know, that was one of the things that for me personally, I didn't want to look back on life and say, "Man, I should have should have did that i thought about it i you know just go for it you know what's the harm what's you know well, there's harm but it's nothing detrimental <laughs> there's risk it's not, nothing yeah, tr- no it's not a fatal error right <laughs> well i heard yeah you can <laughs> lose
0: millions of dollars and still come back <laughs> come back from that
1: but but yeah so. i mean
0: worst that's going to happen is you have to go get a regular job yeah yeah you know
1: but, but the but the upside of that is or you know, flip side i guess what if it takes off and what if it does the things that i want it to do and, and meets the goals and and i can bring on people and train them and and get them yeah. engulfed into the not only the construction side but the aviation side too so like this is this,
0: this guy's is a dream
1: yeah it's a dream i'm i'm living a dream and and i have to i have to make a conscious effort to remind myself that you know
0: as we as we kind of wind down you know that's that was one of the things we just wanted to talk about we appreciate you coming on and and sharing a lot of your insight.
1: I appreciate you guys having this platform for, for us. I know when I was coming up, you kind of just had to talk to people on your project team and, and then start getting a little bit more with the internet and, and then there's blogs. Yeah. That I don't, I still don't know. Like there's still stuff. I know I look young, (laughs) but there are (laughs) things that I just haven't gotten involved with. Someone asked me yesterday if I had a Facebook, I was like, uh-uh, I don't oh. have a Facebook <laughs> <laughs> I guess you're not getting in the Facebook group then. <laughs> so, but the thing is, is um, I appreciate this. I appreciate this. And, and I'm, I hope your, your audience realizes that this is a great platform to kind of talk with different people that there are, there, everyone's at different places in their career, maybe have different paths and, and backgrounds on how they, how they're navigating. Right. So, I think this is a great, a great thing. And
0: well, we thank you for that. And yeah. it's you know the whole thing evolved, and it's it's funny as we tell the story. I guess it evolved because we saw the same questions being asked over and over again. Kids are in school, and they're like, "Well, what's going to be like when I go? Should I should I plan out my career? Am I going to go into the field? Am uh-huh. I going to go into the office? Am I going to do one thing or the other?" And so you'd see these responses over and over again online and in different different forums and avenues. And it was just like, wow, that same, those same five questions. It's like over and over and over and over again. And uh, the response that we've had from some of the listeners, what's amazing me is the response we have from people that will come on the show. Yeah. You know, we're, we're just two yahoos. We kind of got stuck in this because there's nobody else that's going to do it. But but uh, it's it's been a great experience. For us personally, we talked about the fact that, you know, we, we Cliff's over here taking notes all the time about, oh, well, this is something we need to apply and this is something we need to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we get as much out of it, hopefully, as the students will. Yeah. And uh, we appreciate you coming on.
1: Oh, well, thank you for having me.
0: And we look forward to you and your career. You know, we worked with Jirlani at Terminal 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, that was what's kind of how it came up was, well, we had a really because we were talking one time, Cliff's like, oh, we had a really good project manager on Terminal <laughs> 2. I don't remember what her name was. And so I looked you up on LinkedIn. Yeah. It's like, oh, it was Jirlani. Yeah, that was oh, her. That's her. We reached out. and And the famous blue ceilings. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Which are going to be done now, how many years later? Oh, no, they're white. (laughs) (laughs) Those were the days. So, Well, good luck in your career. Thank you. And uh, if anybody wants to reach out to you, they can find you on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Do you have a website yet?
1: I'm on LinkedIn. Okay.
0: (laughs) 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 They can Google you. Find some information. See,
2: there's an opportunity for a student.
0: There you go. Yes, Somebody. web You know, construction-based websites. Yes. And you're not even kidding. Like that's yeah, anything you no, can really. do. No,
1: really. So I don't want to go into that because we'll be here for another hour if I start talking about my failed attempt at a at a website. So yeah. So if there's anyone out there <laughs> <laughs> that's willing to work with, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah,
0: you know, want to get a little bit of
2: advice, there's a great buddy buddy opportunity right yeah, there.
1: There you go. So we could do an exchange. That yes, yeah. actually
2: is a niche, isn't it? Yeah. So someone you, who understands the construction industry and knows how to build websites that are going to appeal to people in the industry and people outside of the industry looking for someone in the yeah. industry. Uh, you know, uh, we could, yeah, we could go on for
0: hours and hours of marketing, all this other stuff. Hey, we started this podcast. Mm-hmm. How are we going to get that out to people? It's like, oh, now you got to put that hat on. Mm-hmm. You've got a business. You're trying to find clients. How do you, you got to put that hat on? And you're continually learning. And Always. And that's what's going to be. And
1: I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that every day I get to get up, learn something. I, I literally learn something new every day, and I'm and I'm thankful and, and grateful for that.
0: I must be doing something wrong. I got to stay awake long enough most days. Then I guess <laughs> I'm trying to think of what I learned today. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to touch that one because <laughs> <I'm bad laughs> But good luck in your career. Thank you. And uh, everyone, thanks for listening. And find us again next month. It's